Hey toy family, welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And I'm George Gaspar. And guys, I think because we ended last week's episode with a question for our $10 giveaway, let's go ahead and give it away at the beginning of this episode. For those not familiar, every week uh, we're going to be giving a $10 gift card to, away to one of our lucky listeners who answers a question that is hidden somewhere within each recording. Uh, the gift card is going to be coming from one of our three sponsor stores. And this week it's coming from My Plastic Heart. And actually, Vin reached out to me and said he's willing to give a, t- a $10 gift card every week to avoid coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really going to hold him to that, are you? Maybe. Why not? Vin, I want you on here. Let's peel back that curtain learn more about my plastic heart. I wish, but he's a private man. We just got to learn to respect a decision not to come on. But anyway, so the question for this giveaway was basically last week we talked about several new platforms, and we just asked, tell us what was your favorite design of all the platforms we talked about. We had five entries, and so Teresa, pull up your randomizer and let's give something away. All right. Can I just say it? I feel like I'm starting to think maybe people don't listen to us all the way till the end. This is free money here, people. Free money. I know. Of course they don't listen. Not all the way to the end. Who listens to the end? <laughs> well, we're not going to always put it at the end. We're going to mix it up. Maybe we'll put it in the middle this time. Yeah, you never know. You just got to listen. All right, I got my thing. George, number between 1 and 10, please. But there were only five people. I'm ran- Just number oh, between Oh, I got you. Three. Okay. I got one, two, three, four, five. You ready, Gary? Yep. All right, one, two, last one. The winner is number two. Okay, I'm looking at the number of comments, going in order of comments. Thrilling. This is thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it, though? Uh, So the winner is, uh, how do you pronounce Gregory (laughs) Merang Jr., Oh, Greg Marine. All right, yeah. Okay, Greg Marine. Yeah. I, I never would pronounce it that way. And his favorite janky was Junka Mizuno and the Mark Geeling. Okay, I see now why you were struggling because that is. <laughs> it's just a he's lot of letters. He's an OMFG artist. Okay. Oh, is he? Well, congrats, Gregory. Well, what else has happened in the last week? Any big drops? Any big news? I got a mail call. Got a mail call. We don't do mail call enough. What'd you get? I know. Well, these days, the mail call isn't as um, prominent, I guess, or as frequent. But, um, well, I did get my Pop Shop Live winning from that crazy weekend. So my cola box cat that I won came in the mail. Very nice. And, um, and it's actually, even, it's cuter in person. I'm actually very happy with it. Uh, can I just say, there's a detail in it that I didn't realize. So... There's multiple details acts. Act, there's oh Jesus. There's multiple details actually that make it even better. So what they did, I'll have to send you all a picture. So obviously inside of certain box cats from this release, uh, it's like the things and things approach. So some are um, see through and look like they have ice cubes inside, whereas others are just solid. But the ones, the one I got is cola with ice cubes. But along with that. They, she made the design of the tail into a straw. So the tail looks like a straw sitting in the drink. I'm going to go take a picture of it so you all can see what I'm talking about. It is the coolest little extra detail. And then not only that, but 
However, they did the like plastic treatment to create this figure at the top. It's wavy like the drink inside. So it looks like the drink is inside of it. It's the coolest thing ever. Let me try. Let me take a picture. Nice. When you say the tail is a straw, does that mean like you're drinking out of the cat's butt? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm trying uh, to picture it. I mean, technically, now that you say that, yes. Gross. But no, you didn't think of it that way, Gary. <laughs> now you got me thinking about straw butts. But it's <laughs> if you look at the picture I just sent, you can kind of see um, you can kind of see that they made the straw. And then I'm gonna send a second picture. You can kind of see the waves of the drink. I just think it's not only are they really well made, um, like paint quality is great. There's no like weird bubbles or anything, but those little extra details, just like, oh my gosh, this looks even better in person. And you can hear it. Just these little extra details inside that make it that much more fun and make it look more like a drink. But now you got me thinking about the butt, Gary. So thanks for that, <laughs> Toy Ruiner. <laughs> That's what I do. But anyway, so that came. And then another mail call I get that. It was actually from a Kickstarter a while back, and I'm curious if you back to the same Kickstarter, George, but it was with Muji World, and it was where they did um, the book by Mr. Muji and then uh, his comic book, and then along with that, you had the ability to get figures. And do you all remember that cute little figure they did where it looked it's sitting down, it's got the arms kind of behind its back, relaxing. It's called the Daydreamer. I, I remember because I have it. <laughs> did you get the Kickstarter, George? Of course I did. Did you get the same one as I'm sending you a picture of? Uh, probably. I haven't seen your it, picture yet, but... It's so good. Uh, yep, that's the one. I got to say, like, literally I was pulling it out of the package and I was like, what is this? Like, oh my God, it's my movie or Kickstarter. And then I'm unboxing the toy and I was like, oh my God, this is so light. And I didn't realize it was going to be the size that it is. It's smaller than I expected, but I absolutely love it. And it's perfect. It can sit on my shelf, all cute-like. And I actually, I haven't unwrapped the book yet because the wrapping job on it is so pretty that I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Which is absurd, but I haven't touched it yet because I just like the wrapping job. It's a really but, nice figure. I got a question for you. Do the hands actually rest on the surface? They do. We actually nice. talked about this back when um, when they were making these. And I was like, I really hope that like, they definitely casted these. And that's the other thing that is insane to me. Could you imagine trying to cast this figure with all these little details and all those little nooks and crannies? And the fact that they added all this different paint detail, because it's not just a single color resin piece, right? It's, you know, it's got all these different gradients and sprays and colors, and it's just so good. Look at that trashed box. So that's how mine arrived. <laughs> oh, no. Is everything okay in it? I was going to I was going to tell you, yes, everything. Like, so what I just showed listeners, what I just showed them was a completely destroyed mailing box like it was crushed on every end part of it was like torn open just destroyed i was like oh no and when i saw what it was like i was like oh no it's from muju's like no i opened it up everything was packed so nicely it was pristine inside nice i was gonna say the packing job like, gary i'm gonna show you i still have it all out 
the amount of <laughs> the poor <laughs> listeners just we're just sharing photos back and forth in our chat. Well, that's good for not being part of the show. <laughs> they should watch it live and they could see these pictures. Apparently, based on our contest, we only have like five people we need to have on the show. <laughs> we could all get on a Zoom call and record it. There you uh, go. <laughs> but have you since since I haven't dared flip through the book yet, George? Because I'm a weirdo and I don't want to rip this sticker, which makes no sense. But uh, how's the book? In oh, hand? it's stunning. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous inside. You got to open it up. Right, it's better. Know. It's better than the sticker. Let's say that. All right, I'm doing it right now for you all. <laughs> Go ahead and cut that sticker. Just cut around it so you can save it, and then just. No, I just ripped right through, George. There you go. Oh man. Oh, this is so good. Now Teresa will read us a story. Go ahead, Teresa. That's the rest of the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's pictures, George. Just describe <laughs> it to us. <laughs> Great. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So. Speaking of really good, you guys happen to see Doctor A's customs that he did for the Jankies. I guess he's just this is something that he just did on his own, but he released them this week. They all sold out really fast. But man, that guy's so freaking talented. He could take anything and just make it look amazing. Yeah, his I, I will forever like. Anytime I see something by him, I'm just it's just crazy the amount of detail and he's just he just has his style down to a T. Like you can look at it and you just know whether you see his name on it or not, you're like, That's Doc A. Yeah, and just looking through his feed, he the release of Jenkies looks like he did a run of eight and all sold. So congrats, Doc A. And if you're in Patreon you can get in you can get it on sales before cool. everybody else. Is little Elliot upset Ooh. that he missed out on the janky release? He's not happy. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's in another room. So. You're <laughs> fine. Baby, control that baby. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Elliot, we're trying to record a podcast. Be professional. <laughs> so going back to. Going back to uh, talking about Dr. A and the janky, like what's amazing about customizers of his level is they can take you out of that. So we talked about this when we were talking about the janky. Like the janky looks like a cat. The dunny kind of looks like a bunny. The the stroll looks like a stroll. It's like a monster. It's like, but when you get really amazing top level customizers, they are able to take you beyond the silhouette. They're able to translate the, the platform or the form into something they're just able to take you out of what the platform originally looks like and that's what's so amazing about dr a he does it every time agree i love the mustache treatment he applied on all of these it's just so good he's he's one of those like uh, there's just certain customizers out there that it doesn't matter what platform they're like yeah sure i'll i'll, I'll do something with this yeah and it's awesome in fact, just last week we were talking about the DIY stroll with this and how some people might find that platform limiting, but customizers, real customizers with insane creativity, they're going to take that and run with it. And we learned just a few days after record that Spanky Stokes and Strange Cat Toys are actually going to putting together a custom event that's going to be held in December. I imagine that's going to be virtually held, but they've invited some of their favorite customizers and friends to partake in the event. And yeah, pretty soon here we're going to be able to see what some highly talented customizers are going to be able to do with this platform. It's going to be awesome to watch and see. Yeah, and the lineup is 
great. Actually, um, it looks like K-May Creates uh, is, is a part of the group. And I think this is her first custom show. And she's been doing customs on the side. So it'll be fun to see what she does. Um, but what's interesting, Gary, is you were saying you think it's virtual. Um, there's mention in Spanky's Soaks that it's going to be at the new Strange Cat Toys Gallery space. Oh. So looks like Strange Cat has a gallery now. Did we know this? I this is news to me. I mean, is this like a gallery out of his truck, or is this a gallery space he's maybe renting from another local shop out there in Florida? I think it's. I mean, if you look at the the uh, poster, it says Strange Cat Gallery out in Tampa, Florida. So I think he's got a space now, Gary. I wonder if this is like a bedroom of his house. He's calling the gallery. <laughs> Like, if it's virtual, how would we ever know? He just puts up a couple shelves on the wall, and he's got a gallery. Well, the street address is on there. I guess you could look it up and see if it's a house or a business. Do it. Google Earth it right now, Teresa. Oh, Lord. Google Earth. That's is, that, is that old? Is that a Grandpa Ham term? It sounds like so 2010, Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to use Zillow. Matt. <laughs> no, Zillow is a realtor site. Oh, my God. S. Okay, 501S Falkenberg. It's going to take a sec. Here we go. Are you enthralled, George? Gary, it's a business. So, all right. So he's actually got an official gallery space. Nice. Yeah, it's right next to a gun store and a discount computer depot. That sounds like Florida. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a space. It's a legit space. Maybe they've been talking about it on Urban Robot Cat, and we're just out of the loop. Maybe we should do a little crossover. Get some. I was urban gonna say maybe you could just ask him. Yeah. Too easy. But so yeah, I mean, I I'm curious. I always love seeing people take a new platform, and they've got an awesome lineup. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they do. What else? Yeah. So uh, this isn't necessarily a, a mail call, but it's something that I saw recently. I guess it's called a, like a league and sneak peek. Thing. But did you all see this uh, Toy Chronicle advent calendar they decided to do? Uh, let me give a little background for the listeners, and then you all can can share your opinions. But um, so what they decided to do is they are going to do a designer toy advent calendar. They're calling it 25 Secret Toys Over 25 Days. And what they've done is they've pulled in a variety of designer toy creators to make what they're calling the ultimate blind box. But it's original art from Muffin Man, Resin Rookie, UME Toys, Sank, Flaw Toys, Big C, Angry Hedgehog, and more. Like they've basically pulled in all of these artists to help make pieces and, and create this essentially advent calendar thing, which... If you know, I got really into the Funko one they had a while ago, uh, a couple years back. Uh, loved it. And I love the idea of like toy-themed admin calendars. So they pulled in all these people, and what they decided to do is do this pre-order so that they could get these things out to you in time to open them throughout the month of December. So they've got all these custom, like all these people who tend to do these crazy resin runs, and they've sold this advent calendar that was priced at 250 pounds plus shipping uh they actually put it up for pre-order prior to recorded and it was sold out before i even found out about it so um yeah what do you all think how many units 
they did 20? At 250, so, I don't know what the currency translation on that is. Yeah, a lot. Let's see, 250 pounds to dollars. <gasps> 400 bucks? 325 bucks plus shipping. Okay. I think, I mean, it sounds awesome. It's not for me. I'm not a, you know, a customizer collector, but I can see where someone's, I mean, gosh, it sounds like a reseller's dream, to be honest with you. Yeah, honestly, when, so first when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is crazy cool. 25 blind boxes. I mean, I saw Muffin Man alone. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to lose their crap over that because his stuff is just hot right now. And I'm, you think about his Robins and some of the stuff he's releasing and then all these other names. It's like, oh my gosh, they've got quite a few great names in this list. And at first I was like, 250 pounds. Holy crap. Like that is <laughs> like, that's a lot of money to drop. But then when you're thinking about it, it's like that breaks out to 10 pounds or let's see what 10 pounds is in USD around 13 bucks per day. It's like, if you could get a piece from Muffin Man for $13, that seems like a steal. Right? And so and Muffin Man has to make 20 pieces? Yeah, so each person involved has to make a run of 20 of something. The only thing that's really intriguing about it is that all they've done is revealed the artists. So, like I said, they're sold out. So these 20 people, they've only revealed some of the lineup. So they haven't even revealed who else is going to be in it and what the toys even are. So it's a complete blind buy. So it's like $300 gamble, but you know, you could be getting these pieces that alone could probably fetch more than that $13 price point per piece. Easy. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money up front, but man, you're saying you're getting 20 pieces out of it. Jeez. Like I said, this could be a reseller's dream. I, I, it reminds me. Bachelor, they're not here for the right reasons. Who cares why you're getting it? <laughs> what if I bought it because I liked some of the other others and I don't like Muffin Man and then I want to sell that one? Oh, right. Muffin Man got his rose rejected. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I love it. I mean, one, I love the idea of an advent calendar. I love the idea of this concept. It reminds me of other things I've seen in the scene. You know those, like, uh, uh, they'll happen at the beginning of the year where they do the, like, bag drops, like the Gargamel, like, secret bag drops all the time where I'll see like 250 bucks and you can get, you don't know what you're going to get, but it's a mix of stuff made by this artist and people lose their shit over that every year. Right. They'll, they'll sell like hotcakes. I don't know. It's just, this is a concept I've seen before in other ways and it totally works. And is it possible that you may not like every piece? Yeah. And you could probably resell it um, and get some of your money back. So Wait, I have a question. How many, how many different pieces are you getting? 25, one per day. One percent. How are they? How is this making any money for anybody? I don't. I don't know. It's a I don't season know. of giving, George. Come on. <laughs> it's a season I mean, of giving. I need to get money to get gifts for other people. <laughs> I know. It's not, it's not going to pay for anyone's shipping. I don't know where the money's being made on this, but I love the idea, and I'm looking forward to seeing what people pull from this. I don't know if it's is it going to be based on platforms, original creations. What are the sizes going to be like? There's so many questions I have. Yeah, this is crazy. It doesn't yeah. seem like anyone's going to make any money on this, except for the guy that buys it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's fun. I, I'm curious to see who, like, how it all rolls out. Like, Did you buy one? 
No, I, I actually, um, I may have considered it just for the, like the concept of it all, but it was already out of stock when I saw it. And then once I dug into the names, I was like, well, the, a lot of the names listed, if you look through their body of work, don't really fit in kind of the, the cute scene that I follow. So I don't know that they would necessarily have stuff that I would be into, but it's a very interesting concept and I'm curious to see it all play out. Cause I, same to you, Gary, I'm like, we've only seen a snippet of the artist. Who all is it going to be? You know, what are the sizes? All that kind of stuff. Well, cool idea. Congratulations to, I, I mean, I commend the toy chronicle for, for taking this on. It sounds like a logistics pain in the ass, but it sounds, it's a good idea. He's definitely trying lots of different things. And uh, seeing just, what sticks. This is good. You got, you got to give Gary some kudos because this year he's, you know, they've been open. They opened the storefront there. They've got a Toy Chronicle shop. He did some fun stuff like that uh, pub quiz stay where uh, they did all these videos with little quiz games. So kudos, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. Toy Chronicle there. There's always trying new things. And actually, along with that, so they did. What pub quiz, but they've also been doing um, weekly blind box openings. I don't know if you've been following it, but uh, kind of like Pop Shop Live in a sense where they get on every week. Um, they open blind boxes that they sell in their shop and they're letting people buy the open pieces. So if you are, it, it's really hard as someone in the US when I've got stores here, um, you know, buying from Toy Chronicle. I'd love to support you all, but you know, they've got. They're over there having to ship international and things are a little crazy right now with shipments and Corona. But if you're based over in the UK or uh, overseas and you're looking for a shop to buy from and you've always been struggling with buying over here in the US, definitely check them out and check out their their blind box videos because you can get stuff unboxed and ship for cheap. And yeah, it's good stuff. Nice. Good job, Gary. Do you all have any um any mail calls or anything in the Kickstarter world, George, that's worth checking out? Uh, well, yeah, there's a new Kickstarter up that you, of course, know I'm going to have to talk about because it's Clios related. Oh, gosh. Best of both worlds <laughs> for George. Exactly. Kickstarter and Clios? Come on. <laughs> um, man, this is a kryptonite for you. So this is by uh, Rokom or Rokom? Rokom? How do you say that? Rokom? Rocom yeah. Toys, do you know who that is? I feel like I've heard the mention of them before. They just did the uh, the last thing they put out was that um, uh, Future Me, like that dead, the, the Alex Party grave oh, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 with the cute uh, gravestone and then the crazy gold soil body. Yes. Okay, so yeah, so that was the last thing they just did, and that was the Kickstarter as well. But now they're doing a new line it's called mighty maniacs maniacs with an x you can type in rocom or mighty maniacs on kickstarter to find it and uh it's a series of what four inch probably something like that they're in that range i'm i'm not seeing it off the top of my thing but there's like uh one two three four five six figures in wave one and they're gonna have a few different variants that are like you know, exclusive to the Kickstarter. They just unlocked, they've already reached the goal and unlocked the first stretch goal. So it's, you know, it's it's well on the way. Um, it's going to, oh, it's going to have a video game tie-in with it. It's totally like 80s inspired, like with the side scroll video game. If you, if you like any of that stuff from back when, back when we were kids, 
then you'll like this thing. It's got monsters. It's got monster fighters. It's great. I'm not cool. selling it. I'm not selling it well, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's really good. The monsters are really cool. I gotta yeah. say, I'm looking at them now. I don't think I would have thought Goliath when I saw these. These look straight up more action figure style. When I think of Goliath, I'm thinking, I don't know. I just kind of picture more that that more alien look that maybe I think Onel does versus. But I, that's cool. It's got that Glaos compatibility. So because it has the compatibility of the Glaos universe, is the community just starving for that sort of thing? So when something like this pops up on Kickstarter, they're just they just instantly want to support it. Um, it's different. Like it depends on the, the collector of the Glaos collector. Like there's people who strictly like to build with Glaos, like almost like a Lego thing, where they're you know taking apart the figures and building new figures and things like that. And these pieces don't really lend themselves. So they don't they don't have the aesthetic style of like let's say the O'Neill Glios, where it's very mechanical. There's a lot of like lines and things like that. These are more like creatures. So like there's a you know a werewolf, a creature from the Black Lagoon, a you know a, a yeti, you know there's a fire demon guy, and then there's like a a cop. They're they're a little more like cartoon stylized, so they wouldn't necessarily fit that build aesthetic but they build within each other really well Got it. if that makes sense no so it's more interchangeable with this specific series not necessarily across the glios universe yeah and that's what it is that's definitely more what they were going for it's like it's it's, it's its own line but the interchangeability part of glios is what makes it fun because then you can like swap out heads swap out arms you know make it you know give this guy an axe hand like all these different things so it's it's definitely it's it's got the playability of the glass with the build with the build feature like that where you can swap out parts, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily gonna like you're not gonna put a you know fade in head on now this, you know this body or something. This glass thing is it um, proprietary at all, or is, do they own a patent f- to prevent uh, people yeah, from doing it? it? Uh, Matt Matt Dowdy and he he runs Onel Design and it's his it's his system it's his, his build system. Okay. Um, and basically, he, you know, quote unquote, licenses it out to these to other companies to use for their things. So it's like if you, you basically work with him to make sure that your your pegs fit his stuff. Got it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, for those like me who are like, I don't even know this world. I mean, the Mighty Maniacs page gives a really good I- idea of all the pieces exploded, and so you can kind of see how this one figure that I, I agree is kind of an action figure type build breaks out into you know, arm split, the torso and the, the part of the body and the legs and all that. So the amount of mixing and matching that you could do is it's a lot. It's really, it's a really great system of action figures. If you know how to design like that. I feel ba- so bad for Elliot right now. I'm sending him hugs through the phone. Yeah, I'm going to try and mute it as much as I can. But I'm actually going to go check on it for one second, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, unhappy baby Elliot. How you doing, Teresa? I don't know. Fine, I guess. I think while we wait, let's just go ahead and do our sponsors. So, we got three great sponsor stores for you. My Plastic Heart. If you go to MyPlasticHeart.com. And if you happen to live in the state and spend $75 or more, use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout. And you'll receive free shipping on that order. Otherwise, we previously mentioned Strange Cat Toys. You can go to StrangeCatToys.com. Use our promo code 
Marsham at checkout, and you should receive 10% off that order. And also, there is 3DRetro.com. And to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to like and follow Spanky Stokes and the Toy Chronicle. All right, I'm back, and I got a baby with me. Uh-oh. <gasps> so we'll see what happens. He seems happy that he's sitting with you. He just wants to be standing up. Yeah. Uh, hi, Elliot. Well, back to your own glass. What else? <laughs> Sorry, I got a baby on my shoulder, so I got to try and balance that and talk to you guys. I might be muting you every once in a while. Did you guys see that Mumbot? She's kind of announced that she's getting some of her stuff, and I think it was Hot Topic? Or is it Box Lunch? They're the same brand, so probably both. What do you yes. mean they're the same brand? That's the same company, like same same owner. Oh wait, really? Yeah, it's like well, it's like Torrid is like Hot Topic as well, like so it's all part of the same umbrella company. Got it. Oh, Hot Topic owns Box Lunch. Yes, Mumbai announced that her she says she has a new plush collection. So Mossy, uh, Ghostus, and then do you want do you know the name of the crystal, George? Uh, I don't remember it, but it's actually really awesome looking. I want it that. It is. I got to find the name. I'm so sorry, Jade. Uh, but three of her characters, she's got them in plush form, and they're all flipping adorable. And, yeah, she announced that um, they are officially releasing in both Hot Topic and Box Lunch online and soon to be in stores. So if you go and kind of scroll through the plush section, you can find them. Oh, it's called um, Chris Pooh, the Crystal Spirit. And I'll tell you, those things are way bigger than I thought they looked in the picture. Yeah, they're bigger. Like that ghost is big. She also did a super cute promotional video on her page you can check out. Um, they're only 20 bucks. They look super soft. And so, yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 super exciting to see people from our scene start to pop into those kind of stores that, not big box per se, but definitely more mainstream. And for th- people outside of our scene to get their eyes on it um not only did i see mumbot i also saw that a hundred soft is spreading the love of their dumpster fire and they are doing uh store exclusives at a bunch of different stores like that do you all remember did you all see that there were four different let's see box lunch hot topic entertainment earth and fye are all going to get retailer exclusives exclusives of the um, dumpster fire figure that's cool so they've actually released two of the four so far, uh, Box Lunch and Hot Topic. Box Lunch was my favorite so far. I totally missed out on it. It's like a galaxy with a pink flame. And then Hot Topic got a green slime edition. It's like a transparent green. Is that a toy you guys would buy multiple versions of? Like there's there's certain, to me, there's certain, there's certain like toys that like, colorway it doesn't really matter like you change the color and it doesn't really like it doesn't really matter what kind of color you get it from for me that dumpster is like i want the original dumpster with the fire color and i don't care about it like to me it's like i wouldn't want a different color one i don't need nebula i don't need a nebula dumpster (laughs) i think i'm kind of like you as much as i really like that galaxy one i think i would really just want the ppe one the 2020 edition and that's i'll be good with that one yeah, and see, my I'm with you, George. I got the original green version with the flame, kind of the OG matching a dumpster. And 
I think it depends. Like a lot of times when I'm buying figures, if it's based off of an existing thing, I like it matching kind of the true to life, I guess, original color or original art versus if it's just like a, a made concept or design or monster or whatever, then I just tend towards whatever colors speak to me, you know, belly pretty colors versus blacks or neon or anything yeah, like that. Like, like the horrible, normals little wizard guy. I buy every color of that because I think it looks good. It, you know, it's, it's almost like a different character with each color. Yeah. But like a dumpster is like, I don't want to, I mean, maybe it's like a blue dumpster or a green dumpster. Like maybe that is as far as I'd go with that. But it's a good point. Cause when I saw the galaxy one, I was like, Oh, that's really, really pretty. But then I was like, that's kind of not realistic. <laughs> Not that a dumpster fire needs to be realistic, but there's just something there's something specifically about that character that I'm just like, I don't need a different version. A version I would like would be like 20 inches where it could act as a bench, but also you could lift a lid and it could be like a trash can for the office or something. That would be, that would be a really good one to do a giant size of. That oh my be- gosh. And see, funny, funny enough, you think about that and that sounds freaking awesome. Could you imagine, oh my God, I'm picturing a giant dumpster fire at the edge of my driveway and I actually use it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't thinking that big. I was thinking just a bench that you could put some throw blankets in or something. Like the, like the Kozik, the Kozik Labbit bench. Sure. Like a yeah, that's a good size. But I, can I, I will say when I got, when they were originally making the vinyl, I was wondering if the little flap would open. Cause I was thinking even at the smaller size, it could be really cute as like a pencil holder or something, right? When you sit it on your desk and that little flap side, could, you could store stuff in it. So yeah. even if they don't like, yeah, make a giant one, but even make a version where it's like on your desk and you can display stuff in it. Where Teresa could store her gummies. Uh, you get all your fruit snacks. In there. <laughs> yes. Okay, George. For the people, the listeners listening in who aren't familiar with all the ins and outs of the toy industry, they're probably wondering how a 100 Soft or a Mumbot or other people within the toy industry or designer toy side are now being able to get their stuff into an FYE or a Hot Topic or a box lunch. Because we know that when you go to make a toy, you generally make all of your colorways all at once. That's going to bring your cost down. That's going to save you money on cargo shipping to the state. So you want to shed some light on that at all? I mean, I don't I don't know for certain. I don't have any inside knowledge on that. But I would imagine it could. You there's there's multiple ways. If you're if you want to do all the work yourself, I'm sure you could contact the buyers at all these different locations and set up, you know, set up exclusives and things like that. But I mean, the easiest way to be would go to a wholesaler, like what DK used to do and which is now dispersed. Dispersed has relationships with all these companies. They're your distributor. They, they can contact them. They can set up exclusives. They can do all that kind of work. So it's for, for someone like that, I would imagine just go through dispersed and have them talk to FYE and entertainment earth and hot topic. And they can set that all up. And a lot of times you can even set it up before you're in production. Yeah. So you can have a purchase order ready to go that as soon as you have the stuff made, they can, you know, pay for their purchase order and you you know you're going to make your money right away. Cool. So you're you're saying so if someone is in the scene seeing 100 soft and mumbot getting into these stores and they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, I would love that too. How do I do that?" Your recommendation would be to start with Dispersed? Oh, I would definitely say that. I mean, Dispersed is great. They have a they have a whole, you know, system of stores that they work with that they can get your figures into cool now we know the in so that 
Related to this, I have a question for you all because um, I'm trying to be better about following the feeds and topics and stuff. And someone actually posted, might be a listener, so hi, Michael Maines, if you're listening, um, but posted a really interesting topic kind of related to 100 Soft getting in these retailers. And I thought I could read it out and see what you all think. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm just going to read it as is. I have an interesting topic here, I think. First off, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers or say anything bad about different collectors and what they collect. But I got an email from 100 Soft about their new dumpster fire being sold at Hot Topic. I know a lot of people in this scene really hate Funko because it's too mainstream or a sellout. Those are in quotes. Uh, Dumpster fire is a toy that is starting to sell at quote unquote mainstream outlets now. Will people start to hate it also? I myself collect Funko and love many things that I get from Topic. I also love Dumpster Fire. I'd even buy them from Walmart. Just wondering where the community draws the line. So what do you think? Do you feel like, you know, what do you think about people getting into these these outlets? Do you think it's a sellout? Do you dislike it? Does it make you dislike the toy? What do you all think? To me, the whole point of making product is to try and get it out there for people to buy, right? Isn't that why you're making stuff? Right. Like, if you just wanted to make art, go ahead and just make art. You know, don't make a run of 500 of them if you're just trying to do that. If you're trying to make a product, then the goal is to sell it. And the more stores it's in, the more people are going to be able to see it and hopefully like it and buy it. So I don't see any problem with getting into these stores. I think it's the more, the more of these like artists, independent artists that can get in there, the better chance they have of making more and more stuff as they go. Right. I, I, of people think that I don't know if people have this vision in their head that somehow their art has now been know, weakened by it being in a outlet like this. Of, but I don't see that at all. Honestly, I would think that a lot of people in the scene would see it as kind of a, a goal in a way, right? Um, a lot of people in our scene, right? They're doing this on the side, but I think if you had the opportunity or chance to really get your art out there and to be able to be in stores like that, that would be a dream come true. I mean, I know. Not that I'm in that boat, but I feel like if one day somehow I, I really got into the creative side and was making product and somehow it was a hot topic one day, I'd be elated. I'd be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And, and and not once as a collector have I always been like, oh, nope, don't like you anymore. You're now in these stores. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things out there that, um, you know, those stores have kind of bled into our scene. And I think it's it's exciting. I mean, you think about... Thimble and Apollo getting into Hot Topic. That was awesome. That was huge. Uh, FYE starting to bleed into our scene and starting to be at Decon. I mean, Tokidoki has been spreading across stores for a while now. To me, I think it's it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, if anything, it's awesome. It just helps grow our scene. Yeah, and there's a difference between art and consumer products. And these things that you're all, all those things you're saying right there, they're all consumer products. Based on art, sure, but they're consumer products. Right. And when I look at those things that are out there, I don't sit and think, oh, that's cheapened their brand. I mean, no, if anything, it's just an extension of the things they're creating. Right. You know, Tokidoki, I think, has they're not doing a whole lot. I mean, Simone still creates like his, you know, one off paintings and originals and stuff like that. But they've really gone in on that consumer product side. But then if you look at, you know, Chris Reiniak and Amanda with Bindlewood and Thimblestump, Thimblesome is just a piece of their business, right? They are still constantly making one-off original 
uh, resin pieces or limited resin pieces or drawings or what have you. So they're, it's just an extension of what they do. And, and all that being said, I'm sure there are some people who will think dumpster is a sellout and now they don't want it because it's not an art toy anymore. Because that's just how people are. People are stupid. Yeah, but if you look at 100 Soft, I mean, his company has always been, at least to me, I don't even know, that, less art and more consumer product, I guess, if you're going to put them in those buckets. I mean, he just makes... Cute. And a lot of it's fan art anyway. Like Right. I mean, he has a style, right? If you go look through, he does a lot of like those posters, right? Uh, but off of like existing properties, right? So he'll look, do this crazy Marvel. And, you know, they end up being little emojicons that are out there on apps and stuff. So he has like a, a specific look and feel to his work. But whether you like that stuff or, you know, something completely on the art side, like, whatever that thing you are finding, Gary, the, like the drummer girls for that really popular artist. I mean, they're all just different types of art, different types of styles. I don't know. I mean, Gary, did we lose you? No, I'm here just sitting back listening. And I totally agree with you all. It's, I don't see this as a salad at all. I think this is fantastic for 100 soft and Mumbot and, you know, Chris and Amanda getting into these stores. This is what, you know, they're, they're hoping for. They don't want to just sit there and make small additions of 10 to 30 of something their entire lives. Like most artists are hoping to, to broaden their brands and their careers. They don't want to be working as bankers their entire lives. They're artists. They want to create and getting into these stores is only going to help them hopefully potentially create more. Like as long as they're maintaining the integrity of their brand and their designs and they're still getting credit for the artwork, why would the collectors care? I would understand if they allowed like a store to come in and then alter their creations and make it a more mainstream design. That like that I could I can have maybe see some issue with, but they're not. That's not the case. They're maintaining their brand, and and what's wrong with that? It's just now they're just getting the potential to maybe make more product, get their stuff into more hands out there, grow their fan base. Well, it's great to just, again, get – we – our world can't grow if, if we don't get out there and get new people into the scene. So things like Pop Shop Live and being in Hot Topic or Box Lunch, it's only going to help. I think, if anything, people – I mean, wouldn't you – as you as an artist, Gary, if you got an opportunity to make a piece that could be sold in other stores, wouldn't you jump on it? Oh, hell yeah. I think most artists would, right? I mean, maybe there's a small handful of creators out there that would see this as the big evil corp and they don't want to do it. But yeah, that's right, Elliot. But this scene tries too hard to not grow. We need to grow. This is a good thing. There's not that many designer toy stores out there where someone off the street who doesn't know designer toys can discover new things. Outside of California, Chicago, New York and Florida here in the States, like most other States don't have a designer toy presence, but they have a mall. They have a hot topic. They have an FYE or a box lunch that they can maybe walk into and see these things in person for the first time. Isn't that what we want? And also just because the stuff is now getting into these stores, don't be assuming this is a breakout success and these artists are going to become famous. This product still needs to perform and sell on the shelves once it's there. Oh, yeah, they need you more than ever. 
those artists need you more than ever to go get their stuff from Hot Topic. Like if you would normally buy it from them, go to Hot Topic and buy it because if it doesn't sell at Hot Topic, they'll not pick up any more of their stuff. Yeah, this is their trial run. This is the test market. Like normally I would say, yeah, go support your artist directly or support the designer toy stores. But in this case, you kind of want initial success for the artist getting into these because honestly, these stores are probably ordering a very small quantity, maybe a case for a store, maybe a few at only certain locations as a test market. But if those initial things sell out and sell through, those stores are going to come back and want more from that artist. They might come back and want a series or an exclusive colorway and whatnot. But if they don't sell, that might be where the buck ends. Agree. And I'll tell you, I mean, if you're after any of the 100 soft ones, the runs seem quite small. I heard the Hot Topic one was only 500, which, I mean, I say only. <laughs> I know I say only, but in the round of dumpster fire, I mean, they're going like that. So yeah. if you see one you like, don't sit on it. Don't sleep on it because it'll... I mean, that, the, the Nebula one, it didn't even last, I don't even think, half a day. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sizable order to sell out in half a day. And, that's, and maybe it's just that popular, but I also have to assume that these stores aren't putting a quantity limit on things. And maybe resellers are just buying this stuff in bulk. Yeah. True. But good. I mean, the more it sells, the better it is. Yeah. Yeah, you just but, mentioned something that I wanted to comment on about artists. And I, now I can't remember what it was. Oh, something no. about, oh, what was it? Dang it. I had it and then I lost it again. <laughs> and yeah. I had it. Repeat yourself, Gary. Get him to trigger. George, Jess is the one with pregnancy brain, not you. No, it's me. <laughs> but you should have seen me when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jess. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Really, I don't know what. what There's something about the way it. artists were working, and they were like, I don't. I don't remember what it was, but it doesn't matter. I'm okay. sure I'll remember it at some time when we're done recording. Was it what I said? No, but you could say what you said. <laughs> she whispered, uh, "Yeah, every artist. Every artist wants to just be struggling and do just conventions all their life." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's why I'm like, I get like. I don't know. I don't. If anything, just be happy for their success. We want our scene to grow. Shit. If we could somehow, like, I think about the uh, Pop Mart Robo Shop starting to pop up. Like, keep fingers crossed they might come to the U.S. That's just more growth. And if that ends up bleeding into more and more stores having blind boxes that eventually leads into them carrying these, you know, smaller run things, awesome. Like, let it grow. Let it blow up. Can I just mention that, like, do you remember when Teresa first started this podcast, Gary? And, like, what a clean mouth she had. And she just dropped this <laughs> bomb. Like, it was no, like, it was no big deal. Like, she's just like, eh. Just let it fly. I think it's just, you, Teresa. Not only you, I think this year I realized, not that this is toy related, but I've lost, because I'm so holed up in home this year and working, just talking to no one. My filters are gone. Like, you all corrupted me, and then I just work got stressful, and then other people were corrupting me. And, like, I cannot tell you how many times I'll be on a meeting, and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
oh my god, one of these days I'm gonna be on a meeting with the wrong people and I'm gonna say something, I might get freaking fired. Like I gotta I gotta bring my filters back. <laughs> I lost them. It's called yeah. getting older too. The older you get, the less you give a shit. And that filter but, just starts fading away. I don't know. I'm just a fish like something has happened to me. I've lost it. I was dropping like I was saying shit in front of my mom. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> How'd that I go over? I gotta watch my mouth. That was soap. What's happening to me? She grabbed you by the ear and grabbed the soap. <laughs> I look every time I do it, I get this awareness and then I look at her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, is she gonna say anything? And a lot of times these days she doesn't, but then I'm like, I'll say something like, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You're like a 30 year old woman, but we still in our parents' shadows a little bit when it comes to that sort of stuff. I don't think I'll ever lose it. I don't think I'll ever feel fully comfortable because that's part of it is that that's just my mom like my mom doesn't curse so when i curse i'm like oh my god what did i just do <laughs> you ever watch like an adult film with your parents not an adult film what like, uh, let's say like let's say like okay just like an r-rated movie like a normal movie that you would sit and watch but then like that sex scene comes on and you just it gets a little awkward with the parents in the room right It'll forever always be awkward. <laughs> Especially when you're watching adult films. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go that far, Gary. Uh, man, what else? But you know, so we've been talking a lot about mainstream Oh, toys. wait, I just remembered. Oh, good. Okay. So, Gary, you were mentioning, like, how the how our the artists in our scene are all trying to be, like, independent and everything. But almost every one of them uses... Are they? They're all based their stuff off of mass market stuff. Like everybody's putting a Marvel character into their thing, or doing, you know. So it's like they all want to be this mass market thing, even if they're trying to be like, "Oh, I'm an independent artist." It's like, well, no, you're you're using the Starbucks logo. Like that's not independent. You're, you know, you're selling it based on the Starbucks logo. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so actually what i was just gonna bring up we've been talking about all this mainstream stuff and it also makes me think about you know you can't you can't give people crap about getting in these these stores because there's also all always going to be bleed over in our scene related to licensing and ips and like there's always going to be toys out there in our scene that are their stylized version of a, a batman or to your point this starbucks thing like there was a because that was a recent release revealed by Martian Toys, which fantastic figure. It's amazing, but it does have that influence, right? I mean, there's I think Strange Cat was working with um, uh, Josh Devine on another figure that was remember that um, there's Astro uh, Crash, and then now yeah. I think there's Mario another Crash. So there's just yeah, Super Crash Bro which is Mario on his face, which is, uh, you know, the next version of that series. I mean, there's always going to be spillover. And it's like, I feel like we contradict ourselves. Like, well, that's not okay, but this is. It's like, no, like, <laughs> just, it is, it is all is. Like, this is just how it is. I mean, how do you all feel about the uh, this new Starbucks figure that Martian Toys revealed? Should I give a little background on it? Yeah, please. So, um... The figure is called Slave to the Siren. It's a six-inch vinyl uh, figure. It's 
very sculptural. So if you're familiar with this Starbucks logo, it's a play off of that, but it's kind of like an undead version with these like sea creatures surrounding it. Um, and it's a collaboration. So Martian Toys produced it. It was sculpted by Pixel Buddha and based on artwork by RX7, which I want to come back to that because he came, he like came back from the dead. Um, but it's, it's very cool. It's a very cool figure, and but they're they're definitely alluding to the whole Starbucks theme because along with the figure, they've there's like the the artwork of it right is in the same circle like the logo on a Starbucks cup, and they've actually released a tumbler that has the logo on it. So they're literally along with the figure selling it and bundling it with it like a drink cup with the logo on it. Which is very much alluding to the Starbucks play that's going on here. Oh yeah, they're not hiding the fact that this is based on Starbucks. I mean, there's no denying it, and it's beautifully executed, really well done, great presentation. Like even that sleeve on the box, really clever, because that's like the sleeve on the box is kind of like the sleeve on the cup to help prevent yourself from burning yourself. But on the side of the sleeve has a little check mark boxes, and I assume that's for the different colorways. But in real life, that would be for venti or grande or with cream and all that sort of stuff. But it's good to see that RX-7 is back. I, as far as I know, he kind of he was really popular doing tons of customs and then just kind of disappeared for for a while there. Yeah, he. so it's it's always funny when there's people in the scene that seems like they're like really at, like they're super hot, like people are following them, they're loving their stuff, they're releasing left and right, and then it's like all of a sudden out of the blue, it's like, where did they go? You know, where is, like, Shado... Do you know Shado Delgado? Mm -hmm. He was he was another one that was whipping out stuff left and right for the longest time. I was like, oh my god, just keep going, keep going. And then it's like, where'd he go? And so just recently, he started to post again. And RX Seven is um, kind of falls in that boat. So um, he was actually really big into the customizing side of the scene. So he was releasing. Uh, mostly dunnies, but a lot of customs. He even did a custom. It was like a giant, like twenty-inch dunny that was raffled back in t- 2017. I mean, he was just whipping out stuff left and right, and then uh, it's like he just kind of disappeared. And so now he's finally back, and I think this is his very first uh, production figure that he's been behind. So. Uh, glad to see him back. I hope he uh, starts whipping out figures again. And, you know, I <laughs> hopefully, I think there may have been people who wanted commissions from him that maybe, you know, didn't get them yet. So maybe he's going to kind of catch up on that list or kind of resurrect the, the stuff he was working on. But yeah, it's an amazing piece. Beautifully done. I mean, George, you mentioned like as a sculptor, what do you think of it? Uh, I mean, it looks cool. It's not, not really for me. It's not really my uh, cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, sculpturally, it's amazing. It looks awesome. I think the one slight, it's not really an issue, maybe a little gripe that I have with it, or maybe it's more so with Martian Toys, is Martian Toys every once in a while likes to get a little passive aggressive with their comments. And I recently saw one, it was an Instagram story, it was saying something like how they don't rely on licensing and big box retailers and crowdfunding and venture capital kind of taking a jab at some of the other companies in the industry. And then like a week later, this shows up and I'm thinking, okay, I guess on your moral compass of designer toy rules, 
doing parody stuff that sells based on pre-existing licenses or, or IPs is okay. Because this is going to sell, yes, one, some people like RX-7 and might like the scope, but it's selling mainly because it's a Starbucks parody. And the same with one they did previously. They did some pieces with, mm, is it One-Eyed Girl? They did some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah. Like, that's parody. That's The reason that stuff is selling isn't really because of the artist, per se. I mean, it has maybe a little bit to do with their style, but it's selling primarily because of someone's connection with that IP that somebody else created. But I guess in this world of designer toys, yes, they're cool. They don't do licensed toys, but I wouldn't say that they're cool because they do parody toys. Yeah, it's you know like just because you don't pay for the license doesn't mean you're not doing a licensed <laughs> toy. You're just not paying for the license. Someone else built that brand. You didn't build Starbucks's brand. They built it for years. You're just ripping it off. Admit it. Don't don't and don't don't get on a high horse about it. Like we don't do licensing. We're better than you. It's like, well, no, you're just not paying the licensors. You're ripping off. That's all. Right. Well, then there's multiple examples. I mean, they did that. Cranus, which had a Mickey version. I mean, the all the different quick stuff. There's been Nintendo skins. There's been Mario skins. I mean, they even pulled Sket One in, which that's Sket's world, right? He takes existing properties and puts his spin on it. So it, it exists in our scene. There's nothing at this point. Like, it is what it is. But to Just me, don't try and say you're better than it. Right. Like, to say that just because we don't do it, we're, we're not doing official license makes us better. You're still... You are still playing in that world, and there's nothing wrong with it. You're doing a mix of original art along with, you know, inspired art based off existing IPs. But don't sit and make it out like, <laughs> like you're not. I don't know. I just think that that's a little weird to come across and say, "Oh, I'm," you know, "we're not doing this, so we're 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 better. We're better because we don't need to rely on licensing to." you know, build our brand. It's like, but you are. <laughs> Do you like when stores or producers are a little on the vocal side? Would you prefer not to know where they stand on things and them just uh, earn your respect through what they make? Or do you like it when someone like Martian Toys tends to vocalize their opinions a little bit more? Personally, I feel like, to me, your product should sell themselves, Right. Like, you should let your product speak for your company. If your products are selling and you're producing great stuff and people love it, great. There's no reason to necessarily run your mouth or take jabs at people. Like, just just produce great stuff, right? Like, let things you make speak for yourself. Because Martian Toys is doing great things in the scene. They do tons of custom shows, pulling in lots of new artists. They produce a lot of great things. Like, they are doing good things for the scene, but to me, when they say things like, oh, you know, uh, we don't rely on licensing, you know, that makes us pure. Like, we're the purest reflection of the designer toys. I mean, that is a quote from what they wrote. Like, that's a turnoff to me. Like, don't. There's no need for that. Just be great. Do great things. But don't get, I don't know, don't get cocky and full of yourself and all that. Just have should a little. We read that, should we read that quote, like, verbatim because so we don't screw it up? And actually, wait, before you get to it, I honestly, I spent the last, what, 2006 we started, so spent the last 14 years spouting my opinion online, so 
I'm all for giving your opinion on things online. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I, I have no problem with that, but just don't like, you don't need to jab other people down to say you're better than everybody. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a good distinction, George, like by all means, share, share your opinions on things. I mean, if anything, our scene could benefit from more feedback, right? Like, to me, if I were ever making a custom and I was like, what do you think? I don't want a bunch of people to be like, it's awesome. Like, if you don't think it's awesome and you can give me some good critical feedback to make stuff better or produce better as an artist, do it. But yeah, I mean, it's awesome doesn't help any artist grow. Right. Like there's there's good conversation to have right there. I love a good debate. I love a good conversation. I love feedback. All of that is great. Shit. If you need to, if you feel like right now in the state of the world that politics is something you need to say out there, do it. Right. But to me, this is not, that doesn't, this doesn't fall in that. And I guess. Go ahead. Let's read it, Gary. Okay. This is what the Instagram story actually said. And now keep in mind, this Martian toys is part of the namesake of this very show. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's true for listeners not familiar. Aaron and Martian toys. Tyler Ham and myself were the original three hosts of this podcast. And then Aaron got super busy and decided to step out. Same with Tyler. And I was the one left standing. But, okay, let's get back to the quote. So what it says is, Martian Toys is the largest totally independent designer toy producer in the Western Hemisphere. And hold up. Let's just stop right there because is anyone actually fact check that? What makes you the largest? Like, what does that even mean? Do you have five employees? Do you have six? Like, how many employees makes you the largest? And I don't know. I, I imagine there's other people he's not considering because maybe he takes them out of being designer toys if they've done one licensed production. So I don't know about that statement. We'll let that one go. And then it goes on. We don't rely on licensing, big box retailer, crowdfunding, or venture capital money. Instead, we rely on your support. We are the purest reflection of the designer toy scene. Thank you for your support. And when I read this, I think like, uh, why does that statement need to be made? It's obviously a very public announcement directed at obviously other companies within our community. I see this directed at probably Kid Robot, probably a super plastic. Why pick that fight and make it public? It's, it almost seems like that clutter shirt that was like the, the corporate vinyl still sucks. It's like that same it's that same mentality. There's like an insecurity that you're not doing enough. Like if you're doing what you want to do, just do what you're doing. Who cares what everyone else is doing? Just make the shit you want to make. Like yeah. don't worry. Don't worry about what 3D retro or janky or whatever are doing. Like who cares? Just go do your stuff. Right. And then this goes back to what Teresa said. Martian Toys is doing amazing things. They take home uh, in last designer toy worlds. I they like cleaned house. They make amazing productions. They're doing incredible things. So why does why can't we just let the toys speak for themselves? Like I would right. imagine he's doing amazing right now, but I would imagine they would be doing even better if they refrain from making some of these chip on the shoulder comments and the public forum. Sure, share that all day long with your private little inner circle. But as far as the entire community learning about your view on things, I don't know. I imagine that would have a negative effect. I imagine there's some artists out there that are hesitant to want to work with, say, a Martian Toys because that means they're kind of aligning themselves with the opinions of that company. 
I just when I see that stuff, it just makes me want to mock you. Like I, I don't like I don't. It doesn't. All it does is make me go, "You're an idiot." Like <laughs> I see that. Like because it's just like, don't you don't need to do that. Don't be that. There was like when janky when janky Kickstarter made those dead bunny slippers to try and mock the dunny. It was like you don't need to do that. We all know where you came from. You don't need to mock the dunny. Like you sold the company. You're move on. Get over it. To me, this is just one of those, you're only going to burn bridges with these kind of statements. Like, that we should all, like, at the end of the day, the whole, like, we are all, we're all wanting the same thing, right? We all want this awesome scene. We want it to grow. We want things to sell. Like, come on now. Let's, let's all be, ha- like, one big happy family. Like, support each other, right? Like, yeah, but he wants to be the largest version of it. You're just... the largest, most pure version of it. You don't know, man. <laughs> We're not selling Starbucks. We're selling rip-off Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing. Like, at the end of the day, like, j- just, I don't know. Don't don't contradict. Like, this figure's great. It's like an undead Starbucks lady. It's it's killer. It's awesome. Like, you don't need to be making statements as if, oh, you're better than a Pop Mart or Super Plus or whatever. Like, just because, again, you haven't officially licensed something doesn't mean you haven't gone into that side of the scene. Just means you're not a real toy maker yet. You haven't even done licensing. Oh God, George! <laughs> it just makes me want to mock. I hate like I just want to mock these kind of comments. So, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I had to laugh though. I so love you. I'm sure we're hypocritical in what we're saying right now. I'm sure at some point someone can go back in our hundred and sixty or seventy episodes or whatever where we dished out an opinion on something at some point where. They can play that back and go, oh, well, that, they're being a total a-hole prick because they said something. So, it's- oh, I've got 16 years of podcasting under my belt. I'm a hypocrite <laughs> all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we, I- yeah, we've no, we've definitely burned some bridges from some of the things we said. I don't think we ever, we never Sorry, intentionally man. set to burn that bridge though. It's not like we showed up with dynamite in hand, knowing we're gonna just blow shit up. That was never the intent. It was just we hurt feelings by sharing some of our opinions maybe too intensely sometimes yeah i mean i will say yeah i mean you're you make a good point for all i know we've talked about before and i've been like licenses suck ip suck that's not part of the scene but yeah whatever it's how i'm feeling right now in this moment and it's, <laughs> it's just or all just talking toys it's our opinions and i don't mean anything you know i don't mean anything by it at the end of the day i love our scene so and we're all still going to go buy that. We're going to still go buy stuff from every one of these people we talk about. Right. I mean, I'm I'm actually trying to sit here and trying to remember I've ever, like, have I ever bought anything in the IP licensing? If you, just in our scene, and I don't, have the, you all ever bought, bought into that? What do you, what was the, like, explain the question? Sorry, I don't really understand. I'm just thinking about all of this and... I've obviously bought stuff from like the main, these quote unquote mainstream stores, right? I've purchased designer toy or related things from a hot topic, but I was trying to think, have I also played into that other side of the scene? So whether officially licensed or not, do I currently own anything that I would consider a crossover of a designer toy artist who's gone into that licensing or IP world? And I don't know if I've actually purchased anything like that. Have you all? Um, I mean, didn't Chris Lee do a bunch of Target stuff, like, a few years back? I'm sure I got some of that. 
Is that the kind of thing you mean? Like a designer toy artist working for a mainstream? Yeah, I'm just, no, it's more, not so much that, but... You're talking like primarily this, like, the fan art type stuff? Well, like the Starbucks figure, right? It's it's a designer toy artist who has bled into a licensing IP figure, right? Okay, but, I, got, I got Andrew Bell's Kill Cat and Kiss of the Death. Okay, yeah. I got a bunch of that stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. But when someone comes out of nowhere, like, has not establish themselves like if someone creates an original toy they come into the designer toy scene they probably struggle a little bit but when someone comes in with their first production that's based on fan art and it's a huge success um i hate i'm sorry i don't mean to pitch on josh divine but he had great success with the astro crash and that was based on astro boy like that sold out like when that happens to someone that doesn't go to their head right they know that's was greatly benefited by the license. It wasn't just their art. Oh, I don't think, I, I don't know that guy in particular, but I know like there's a lot of like those, uh, like the DKE bootleg crew. Yeah. Who they, they think that their art is selling because they're great artists. And I don't know anyone specifically. I'm not calling anyone's name. If you take it as me talking about you, then that's you telling, that's you taking it to art. And it's probably means I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's dude, your thing's not selling because it, because you made it, it's selling because it's Boba Fett. You know, it's like, get over yourself. If you if you made your own character, let then we'll see. Well, look, at, look at Killer Bootlegs. That that dude made his own character eventually, and now it's like a real toy. Yeah. But like his is still based on. That's the Phantom uh, Killer one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still like basically like Darth Vader Skeletor. Like, no matter how much you get away from it, it's still kind of that. So it's well, like, are people buying it because it's Phantom Starkiller now, or are they buying it because it's Darth Vader Skeletor? I, I think it's a, com- a bit of a combination, because I, I, I get what you all are saying, that definitely that IP or license behind it is definitely going to be part of why it sells. But I do think that part of it is the, their translation of it, right? So a lot of the, the toys in our scene aren't just going to be a... Sh- Literally, I just took this thing from a comic or a movie and made it. Like, the, you know, the toys in Target, right? The whole point of mainstream toys on a license is you go buy this thing because it looks exactly like it was in the movie. But our scene is not, it's not so much about that, right? It's taking a concept, anything from a license or IP or even like a concept of food, right? Like, candy corn like candy mons right like there's stuff out there that's always some kind of influence but a lot of times it's a combination of that plus the way they choose to twist it or interpret or change it so like i think that's why it sells i I think it's let me see let me try it well first let me apologize to killer bootlegs his phantom star killer sells on its own because it's killer bootlegs and he's built up that brand i didn't mean to i wasn't throwing him into that group um but the uh the uh, but like what you're saying, like let's just say like a a Joe Ledbetter Batman figure. Like most of the time, companies who have like the you know DC is not going to let some company make their version of a Batman. That's very rare. Like that doesn't like they want their Batman to be their Batman. So when this when our scene this, this I say our this designer toy scene when all these artists make their fan art version of Batman and it sells because like, Oh my God, I've never seen a Batman look like this. That's why it's selling. Cause like the, the, the meg, like the, the main big companies aren't letting their art be translated like that. Right. 
you know, it doesn't, they, they would never let you license it like that. But for, for DC to have gotten that far and do that with these artists in the scene, like they did last year, that was amazing. Like that, that was like something that most companies won't do. Like Star Wars doesn't let you take, you know, Luke and make crazy Lukes out of it. You know, like it's just doesn't, it doesn't normally happen. So it, it is, it's not selling because of that artist. Like it doesn't matter who, what artist would have done that thing but people like that thing it's that ingrained years and years of batman in your brain is like oh this is a cool batman i've never seen a batman like this i, I need this for my batman collection it doesn't matter what the artist what the artist's name is yeah i mean it doesn't matter necessarily than the name maybe like whether the joe like the joe ledbetter one if you want to use that example george right it whether, Again, Joe, we're not throwing you under the bus. We love you. Like, this has nothing to do with you. But, like, if Joe had made it to look like that versus another artist, I think you're right in the sense that someone doesn't necessarily go, I'm specifically buying this because it has Joe Ledder, Ledbetter's name behind it. Although I do think there are people who are really into Joe that might have Oh, yeah, there's definitely like Joe Ledbetter fans who are buying anything he does or does right. like that. But then well, I'm, talking about the, I'm talking about when it crosses over into, like, if a normal person saw that, who wasn't like who had no idea who Joe Ledbetter was? It wouldn't right. matter who Joe Ledbetter was to them. But there's still there's still something to it of that they've taken this concept and spun it in a way that makes them go, oh, that's cool, that's that's different. I've never seen someone do this or do X or whether it's a a custom or a production or whatever. I mean, that's I feel like that's a big part of our scene to take existing concepts and because. Shit, I mean, there's shoot. Feel <laughs> 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 back my twenty twenty <laughs> Teresa makes a comeback. <laughs> but I mean, you, you think about it, it's the case with everything, whether it's an existing IP or licensing or just the general concept of a thing, like a popsicle or a dinosaur or whatever, right? Like raincoats we were talking about. There's always something that inspires it. It's just a big chunk of it. It's like a split between a concept of an animal or something more generic or something like a Kit Kat bar, right? It's just, or Batman. It's just, things are birthed from existing things. It's just kind of how it works. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's a hundred percent fair to say that the, the artist side of it is completely ignored and it's only about Batman. It's this, it's the combination of that concept and how the artist chooses to evolve it. But you're right. I mean, as someone looking in and going, ooh, I really like candy corn. That looks like an evil zombie candy corn. I want that. They may not care that, is it Alex Pardee behind it? Yeah. The candy ones. They might not be, they might go, not go, oh, I want it specifically because Alex's name is on it. But he's still tied to it. He still came up with that concept. Yeah, but it's the thing, the piece that made you buy it was your love of candy corn. Right. I get it. Or your love of zombies, I guess. So I get what you're saying, Teresa. I mean, if 10 artists did their version of candy corn, someone's style or take of that candy corn might be better than the others. And because of they have that little bit of success or establishedness of their style that interests people, they're going to buy that candy corn versus, say, some of the other ones. Exactly. So like, you could sit and say, go, everyone go create their version of candy corn. But just because they're all candy corn doesn't mean – Oh, a candy corn lover is going to want them all. They're going to they're going to want specific ones that speak to them. Right. No, I hear you. If 
Scott C. makes a candy corn, I'm probably going to love it. Versus the random Etsy account who's kind of just doing the generic house style candy. You know, okay, here's a question. What about the fan art where someone like a Scott C. who's just injecting a lot of their own personal style, you see that fan art and you know it's Scott C. Versus someone who else who's kind of working within the licensed house style, like following the style guide, so much so that you would really have no clue who the artist behind that piece was. There's some pieces in the scene that are kind of maybe like that. They're so close to the house style that you don't know who the artist is, but the person had an idea. Kind of like those Homer and SpongeBob ones where they took the eyes and put them down in the balls. House style, you wouldn't know who the artist is, but that artist had an idea to do that and they ran with it like there's varying degrees of fan art the ones that inject a lot of themselves into it and, and doing nothing other... <laughs> yeah well you think about fool's paradise right have you all seen those figures where it's just this the kind of a coarse sort of geometric stylized approach to licenses stylized though that's a stylized thing yeah i mean that's kind of what we're talking about someone who makes something their own with their own style like those or someone who just takes that Warner Brothers character exactly in the Warner Brothers house style and has nothing to offer but an idea. That's, I mean, that's it. Like, at least inject something new and fresh into it. Yeah. I, to me, there's a difference there a little bit. Yes, it's still using the IP. Yes, it's still fan art. But if you can take something and kind of make it your own. Yes, I, I agree. I think there's something different yeah. there. No, I, I think it's a good point because you're right. And those two crash figures, it's... It's essentially, if you were to take the face plant out of it, right, and just stand that figure up and you put it side by side with the original art or original concept of that figure, it's essentially one and the same. There is a distinction there, I think, in, I guess, how far they've chosen to take it. But, I mean, hey, those, I mean, all power to them, right? Because it sells. People like them. So, it, yeah, but it doesn't it, sell because of that artist. Yeah, it just sells because of the the, they've, the, the, the the little spin they put. But hey, maybe they're geniuses. Maybe they're smart, right? They've been able to take this concept and change one little thing and boom, they have a successful product. So it's always an interesting concept, that whole side of our scene and the, you know, the ethicalness behind it, right? And I mean, we've had this discussion almost every episode for the past yeah. two years. <laughs> it's... I don't think there's ever going to get, we're never going to get anywhere on this one. No. And I think that's the point is it's been going on forever. So why tout that you're not, you're not, ah, no, there's, no, there's... That's, that's the thing is don't try and don't try and be, don't try and tell people you're better than it when you're doing it. Yeah. That's Everyone, a... Anyone in every, I mean, there are so many people out there doing it in some way that it's just, it's just a part of the scene. And she, I mean, I like a lot of it. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> I like that concept. Keep doing stuff like that. So let's move on. What else we got? Man. That's it. I, oh, can I mention something semi related? So we were talking about, um, you know, all this IP stuff, but how even some people will take, you know, food as a concept and do fun spins on it, right? And do you all remember me talking about uh, Zard A? the customizer who does a lot of the uh, like food themed customs where he takes dunnies and monies and whatever and does these really realistic 
uh, versions of like Lay's chips, right? So he cuts off the Dunny head and fills it with what looks like chips and then paints the logos on it. Yep. Uh, so lately he's been doing something super fun on Instagram. If you haven't seen, you should check it out. I am loving it. Um, he is actually basically uh, kind of bringing the world of TikTok into designer toys. And he started to make these super fun promo videos every time he makes a new custom. And if you've, I don't even know if you know what TikTok is, Gary. It, it's something <laughs> that the youngins are really into. How do you yeah. spell the guy's name? Uh, if you look up uh, Zard Apua. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think I said that right. Z-A-R-D-A-P-U-Y-A on Instagram. But I don't know if you know this. They released a, a new thing on Instagram called Reels. It's basically like TikTok. So what it is is short little videos that you can post out there. And they're meant to be 15 to 30 seconds long. Um, but anyway, one thing that's like a, a theme in TikTok, uh, the, the world of TikTok, is these like reveal videos, right? And so he's taken the world of that and the world of toys and sort of merged it together and he's got all these super fun little videos he's been using to promote his toys. And they are awesome. So it'll be the figure, and then he'll bring in the food, and he'll kind of do a transition, and boom, the figure is now customized uh, based on that that item. Uh, it's just super fun. It's something that I wish we saw more of in our scene. It makes me want to like re, re, like bring my Instagram back to life and start doing fun videos like this. Um, it's just feel good, fun little videos out there that everyone should be doing. So kudos to Zard because they're great. Go watch some of them. I hope this guy. I'm a big fan when people take toys and do little stop motion. Yes, ones. anything like that. And it's it's kind of in that vein, Gary, but it's more of like fun little transitions. I'll check so it out. check out his reels. Um, they're just super fun. So keep doing them, Zard. I'm loving. It. I mean he. There was one, they're so pop. I'm telling you, they're, they've got to be people to his page. One of his videos alone got over 14,000 views. That's huge. Nice. Oh, it's the nerds one too. So- yes. Well, and if, if you are familiar with TikTok, there's obviously really popular songs that are repeated through a lot of the videos out there. So he's been bringing some of those songs in the mix as well. Like, have you all seen the wipe trend? Wipe. Wipe. <laughs> you all nope. have- no, no, <laughs> you're just getting stone faced back from Georgia. God, y'all old, y'all old. I can't do this. <laughs> you're just talking to I don't do TikTok. Sorry. And I, I, I don't. My president said it's not good. It's. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't blocked it already. Oh man, TikTok's one of those platforms. Like I creep from a distance because I don't feel like I'm cool enough or young enough to actually post content. But I'll, I, I'll happily watch it. So I appreciate right, bringing some of that fun to the scene. We need to make a Marsham one. We're gonna make a Marsham TikTok. I put you fully in charge of all Marsham promotional and IG related stuff. Oh God. <laughs> we tried that before, Here's, Gary. It never you happened. Gave me he needs to be getting paid for all this product he's making. Huh? This guy, needs, yeah, Zard? this Zard guy needs to be getting paid for all this product. He's doing all this free advertising for everything. <laughs> right. Well, it'd be really cool if he somehow found a um, a way to like 
actually get real legit collaborations with these yeah, companies. Yeah, like Chips Ahoy needs to reach out and do like a commercial with him or something. It's cool. That'd be awesome. I mean, so much of his stuff, I, I want to eat it. It looks so good. But anyway, go, everyone go check out his reels. Have some fun. It'll just make you happy. Fun little videos. So. Now let's get to our giveaway. This week we're going to give away a $10 gift card to strangecattoys.com. In the Instagram comments for this episode, episode 9, tell us what your favorite fan art piece was and by, by who the artist was. It could be a custom. It could be a mass production release. Just let us know what your favorite fan art designer toy well, was. Well, fan art slash licensing slash IP based. So like unlicensed toy, favorite unlicensed toy that an art toy made. It can be, it can be <laughs> legit license or non. Okay. Anything around that topic. Whatever. Whatever. If As long as it has someone else's IP somewhat in the design, you can tell us what your favorite is. And, um, you know, if there's a bridge left that, a way for people to still find us and get to us, let's take a brief <laughs> moment to let our listeners know where they can find us. Teresa, go first. Should we hide this week? Maybe I don't want to say. Yeah, don't don't, don't find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really do, I'm on Instagram, tmhawk24. And you can also find me on Instagram at double g toys. I ain't afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Gary Ham on Instagram, not on TikTok. And this has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. Woo! Until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye. I am a f- better not come for me. Oh, you know, I just had a thought. I do have a, a main <laughs> toy. I got Dolly Oblongs. Damn, George is pumping out. Oh, the nerds one has 14,000 views. But... So what did you say, Teresa? Yeah. You have a Dolly Oblong? Yeah, you should you should keep this in there real quick. I we were I was literally rocking my brain like, what do I have that bleeds into that world? And I do have um, Dolly Oblong. A lot of times, will create themed versions of her toys, and I've got a Starbucks one and a Taco Bell one, Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. So crap, even I look at me. Even I'm sucked into that world more than I realize. Yeah, but again, I mean that's a Dolly Oblong piece. That's Dolly Oblong using an IP, you know? Oh, for-, for you, you bought it because it's Dolly Oblong, not because it's Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, but Taco Bell one, for sure, I was like, mm, I secretly have some Taco Bell love. Like, I won't lie, I eat there, and it was purple and cute, and she had two little tacos, and she called it Taco Dolly, and it was just like a perfect little blend, but it did have most, it was mostly Dolly Oblong with a hint or a dash or a sprinkle of Taco Bell, but it was there. Speaking of Taco Bell, they never sent me my sweater. What? I think I ordered it right at the height of the shutdown, the corona. So, listeners, I they, Taco Bell on their website had a really cool sweater. And you know how much I love pennants? Well, in the corner was a Taco Bell pennant on the sweater. So, I ordered it. And this was, like, back in probably late March. They probably had laid off the store department or something like that. And it just never arrived. Uh, so I contacted them like a month ago and they refunded me. But I was bummed because I really wanted that sweater. They sold out Aww. though. Shoot, I'm sitting here and I got a soda cat that's Fanta themed. What am I even talking about? I got these toys and I don't even know it. 